This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hey, wrestling fans. I'm Jake Barton, creator of the history storytelling podcast called Historium, and you're listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If you're joining us for the first time, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 59. I'm Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. And we had a very, very spicy week of sports entertainment and pro wrestling this week, sir. We have we have a lot to talk about today. But before we get into that stuff, I have to make a general announcement because in the podcasting community, this is a big deal. We are officially on Spotify. Hey, we're on Spotify. (laughs) All right. We made it. cool. We're big kids now. (laughs) So to be able to get onto Spotify, there's a few steps you have to jump through, lots of hoops of flaming rings that you have to get through. We did it. We pulled it off. We are officially on Spotify. You can follow us there. Check out a link in the show notes, and I'll be adding that to our show page as well over on orbitaljigsaw.com. Fantastic. It's a good thing I already have my pro subscription all set up so I can listen back to us and hear how great we sound thanks to this rig. It does sound fantastic. It does. Well done, Nick. Thank you, sir. Well, you you know, getting back to the important stuff, and that is why we are here is to talk about the pro wrestling world at large. It's the final countdown to WrestleMania. Can, can we promise never to do that again? No, I'll never do that again. I'm That's sorry. okay. Uh, except for the next four weeks of shows, we got four more weeks to go before WrestleMania. And the, the shape, the kind of the final shape of the biggest WWE card of the year is forming in some places, I would say maybe too quickly. Like, I don't know how they're going to fill the time on some of these feuds between now and WrestleMania. But man, it is shaping up to be, in my opinion, if, if everything holds steady, this is going to be one of the best cards we've seen on a WrestleMania. Maybe Top ever. to bottom. Yeah. There's a bunch of uh, different matches you could see closing out the show. I think we all assume it's going to be Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns to close the show. I don't know. Uh, but that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, we don't know. It will depend on how the, how the different feuds settle and how people seem to react to all of them. But we've got a, a bunch of different... Uh, feuds and matches that could easily headline could go different places on the card. It's going to be stacked. Yes, stacked. it is stacked. Uh, but in addition to that, we also had a massive week in in goings ons and happenings, and that means we have to head over and talk about first thing. We got to talk about the big news. All right, 
this may be the first time that we're getting to do this, and maybe one of the few times because we're no, no, here in L.A. and no, we're so connected. We'll get a lot more of these. Come on, man. Yeah. Have some confidence. So, exclusive scoop. You heard it here first on Busted Wide Open. 100% confirmed the Fox deal is going through. Whoa. An inside source that works in television at Fox has confirmed 100% that Fox will be showing WWE showing the, So we don't know if they're purchased by Fox at all, they, but... They are not going to purchase WWE. Okay, so that's the whole scoop right there Correct. is that they're, they're going to show them but not own them. Monday Night Raw will be on primetime Fox Network TV. Wow. That's a big deal. That's no huge. longer relevated to the... 100-level channels uh, and cable and USA and Sci-Fi and Spike and all of that stuff, right? Raw, Raw is going to be on primetime Fox. Wow. And what about SmackDown? SmackDown Live is going to be on FS1, Fox okay. Sports 1, in somewhere in their slate. So still kind right? of the second-tier show. It's the B show, <laughs> right? It's the B, the B show. show. Still. Uh, so, yes, there it is. You guys heard it here first. Um, well, there's it, been speculation yes. that this was going to happen. A lot of people were wondering which way, what, you know, if it was going to happen or not. So what you're saying is we are reporting 100% it's going to happen. It's going to happen. I have no uh, idea on timeline. There is no, no idea. But as you know, doing something like this takes a year to really put into place. When you're doing live TV like this, from to what really I understand, they going. have until September when the USA contract is up. I don't know. I'll th- that's a great point. I'll leave that one up in the air and let the listeners stroke their own beards and go, hmm. So, so all right. Well, there you that, go, guys. There we go. This the scoop. The scoop is in. Uh, in other news, uh, there's been a big controversy this week uh, because of a decision that WWE made and announced on Monday Night Raw. But we're going to go over it here because it was such a big news story throughout the rest of the week and that was that uh, WWE announced that there would be in addition to the Andre the Giant Battle Royale this year at WrestleMania there would always be also be a women's version of the Battle Royale uh, the issue came when they named it the Fabulous Moolah Memorial Battle Royale and immediately the Twitterverse and Reddit and uh, fan websites all over the place went bananas my reaction was oh no uh, yeah uh, oh, what? A, oh, man. Uh, that was my reaction, too. I, when I first heard this, I just went, oh, oh, what are you doing? If this is a massively tone deaf decision. And if, and if you're listening and you're not aware of who Fabulous Moolah was, or if you only know her from her late 90s and early 2000s comedy run with Mae Young, uh, Fabulous Moolah is legitimately the longest reigning women's champion in WWE history. Uh, she held it for something like 27 years, years. which is bananas. Uh, and, and definitely, as far as the history books are concerned, just in black and white print, is absolutely everything that WWE is promoting her to be, especially in their packages for this. She was definitely on paper a trailblazer and a record setter and a big monumental figure in women's wrestling history. The problem is, if you dig deeper you find out that Fabulous Moolah was actually an absolute garbage human being. Uh, she had a, a wrestling camp or wrestling uh, uh, company where she would, uh, quote unquote, train other women wrestlers. However, she would also pimp out 
other women wrestlers for sexual favors to get them booked. She would take tons of their money. Um, she would make sure that she had a cut of any contract of someone that she would send out. Uh, she would she would give them drugs in order to get them, uh, I guess, in the right headspace for some of the the pimpery that she was she was engaged in. Uh, she and her husband. There's uh, a lot of women wrestlers who have who have brought this up, uh, including uh, Luna Vachon was talking about this. Uh, Wendy Richter. Uh, Leilani Kai, Judy Martin. Uh, this is something that you know you can even go on her Wikipedia, uh, Mula's Wikipedia page, and see a lot of this stuff. The stuff that's been recorded and ma- from many different sources, a lot of different uh, places where this has been corroborated. This is not just a rumor kind of thing. It's basically that Mula had a long, long history of not only doing these horrible, dirty things. But also actively keeping other women wrestlers down, making sure that she was always the one that went over, uh, whether it was training them to not be as good as her, uh, stabbing them in the back as far as booking, telling them incorrect things in order to make sure that that they would screw up something in whatever promotion they were going to, and then she would have the edge on them. Uh, and this is all stuff you can go research online. I, I've already spent probably too much time uh, talking about it here, the bottom line is is that Fabulous Mula was not in any way uh, someone who was helping to promote or uh, I- increase the viability of women's wrestling as a whole. In fact, I think she was single-handedly holding down a whole generation of women's wrestlers. And so to name this battle royale after her is, I, I would say, if a gro- gross whitewash of history, yeah. uh, to put it mildly, and to have this backlash, it was quite unsurprising what was surprising was how many wwe superstars uh tweeted out that it was exciting that she was getting her own memorial battle royale and some of this you can attribute to you know just trying to suck up to the company or or you know stick to company lines and maybe pure ignorance to be honest because if you look at the current superstars females that are on the roster they grew up in the 90s and 2000s watching that and that was the fun comedy routine of fabulous mullah so I, I don't fault them per se and there are and and to your point you're, you're absolutely right i would say that there's definitely some ignorance at work here several of the superstars who tweeted out uh something uh, commending mullah or commending the naming of the battle royale have since deleted those tweets uh <laughs> including uh, uh becky lynch Liv morgan vanessa Bourne, they all deleted their tweets afterwards uh some i, I guess i was listening to uh, wade keller on the sam roberts podcast he said one of the the superstars had had dm'd him that she had no idea about mula's history until this all came out and people started talking to her online about it so the ignorance idea is definitely something that's viable um you know you could be young you'd be caught up in the hype machine and just not know uh, but WWE definitely knew, and they're trying to whitewash history the way that they did with Ultimate Warrior and this whole cancer thing now where there's, you know, the oh, the Warrior Award. It's like, yeah, but also, can we acknowledge this guy was a piece of garbage outside of yeah. WWE? <laughs> he was a garbage human being. Uh, so now this has been a controversy all week. People have been going nuts online about it. Uh, WWE doubled down, not only showing a promotion, a, pro- a promo package for it on Monday, but on Tuesday as well, indicating that they weren't going to back off of it. However, until (laughs) until hot off the press for our show today, uh, we have found out that WWE has backed off from naming the uh, the Battle Royal after Fabulous Moolah. They have now changed it to the rather uninspired title of the WrestleMania Women's Battle Royale. Uh, it's about is, as vanilla as it gets. <laughs> well, and, you know, there was an argument that they should name it after another historical woman, but like who? You know, I mean, there's not really anyone else. 
on the level of like an Andre the Giant or arguably like a Mae Young, who definitely has her checkered past as well, but nowhere on the level of no. Moolah. Uh, you know, people had said China. There's obviously a lot of issues with that between kind of the dark hole that she fell into after she came out of wrestling. But also as a wrestler, she didn't want to wrestle women. She felt she wasn't, you know, on they, they, she was above their level. Uh, you could say Alundra Blaze. There's problems there. There's problems all down the line, really. So they just went, as you said, the most vanilla name possible. Uh, and one of the reasons they did this, and this is being speculated, is that a lot of the people who were protesting didn't just go to WWE. They went after the sponsors. And uh, Snickers, who is a, the number one sponsor of WrestleMania this year, at least in terms of presence, uh, Mars Wrigley Confectionery US came out with a statement basically saying, we were not aware of this. This is not cool. And we are going to let our displeasure be known to WWE. And very shortly after that tweet came out, the name was changed. So note for the future, if you don't like what WWE is doing, go after their sponsors. Yes. They listen to the money. <laughs> well, thank you for the update on that, Ian. I, those are some things that even I, until recently, were, was not aware of, uh, some of the history of, of her. So, I mean, WWE has done a pretty good job of keeping its history very insular uh, in, within the company. You know, they have a long history of whitewashing sort of the, the, the black marks on the history of wrestling, which was for a long time. Uh, and up until very recently, even I would argue, uh, there's a lot of shady stuff that goes on in in the world of professional wrestling. You know, the the, the uh, one of the common terms for it is that there's a lot is a very carny business. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of kind of weird shady stuff that goes on in it. And one of the things that kind of still happens is rewriting history uh, in the you know in the lieu of what they want the modern era to be. Yeah. This is extremely tone deaf, especially in the era of hashtag me too and hashtag too late and all this stuff. Time's up. Uh, all that time's stuff. up and all this stuff. Uh, this was wildly, I mean, this was really, I think, uh, uh, pushing a little bit too far on their part and, and trying to shoot the moon and they got caught for it. Yeah. Well, hey, continuing on this trend of things that are kind of bad, <laughs> uh, Jeff Hardy got picked up for DWI in North Carolina. You gotta be in Concord, me. North Carolina. Come now, on, I'm dude. from Charlotte. I know there ain't shit to do except go to the Bass Pro Shops and go watch a NASCAR race in Concord, North Carolina. And apparently blow what? a .26. <laughs> what the hell are you doing in Concord, North Carolina, Jeff? Jesus Christ, I mean, they're man. from around there. but the, the No, point- they're not. They're from like Raleigh's, Cameron. They're up way out east, North Car- east Carolina. Oh, so, I'm anyway. from the West Coast. I don't know. <laughs> Uh, my, my point, point is, you had no business being drunk in Concord, North Carolina. Except it's Jeff Hardy. And this is the problem, is he has a long history of drug and alcohol abuse. He's had He's been fighting his demons for however long, and he's had some of the most embarrassing, drugged-out moments in wrestling. Just ask Sting. Uh, but so this is actually, and this is sad because he just got cleared last week. And that's all fine. His doctor just said his shoulder's fine. He can come back. And what's the first thing he does is go get nabbed for DWI. It's 2018, call an Uber. You know? <laughs> it, it, we don't have to do It's not the 90s anymore. You don't have to drive yourself home. It's not a manly thing to do. Leave your car where it's at and call an Uber. Guys. Well, the real question here is what will the reaction from WWE be, especially considering that he was poised to come back? Right. Soon, if not at WrestleMania than before, perhaps involved in Ultimate Deletion somehow. I was poised for him to come back. You have been, yeah, you've been I've super been psyched. I've for Brother Nero. That's yeah. what we need it. But here's the question. Is this going to be like a, a Jey Uso situation where it's swept under the rug and just Probably. kind of ignored? Yeah. Uh, or is there going to be some sort of, I mean, will there, will, there, will there be a penalty that we know about? 
Will we, will we be able to see some sort of punitive measure taken, or is it going to be a, a pay cut, or is it just going to be ignored? I don't know. I, he had five too many beers and drove home. He didn't. He didn't beat the hell out of his wife. He didn't do anything that the silly. The difference is, is that unlike Uso, he does he does have a history of this kind of problem. So I don't know. We'll see how seriously they take it. Uh, something else that I'm taking seriously because to me this is controversial is we have a new announcement for a celebrity inductee to the WWE Hall of Fame. And this year, it is none other than Kid Rock. Kid Rock. He, he of the uh, Undertaker's worst theme song entrance. Uh, Biker Taker. Biker Taker, uh, the, the American badass. It's, I, it's not even, it wasn't even Kid Rock's song. It was Metallica with Kid Rock doing a horrible white boy rap over it. Let's be clear. Yep. Uh, which is basically Kid Rock's career in a nutshell. Uh, I'm not going to make any bones about this when I say that uh, Kid Rock is one of my most despised people on the planet. And this is not just strictly from a professional or artistic standpoint. This is from a personal standpoint. Uh, having had some personal interactions with him back in the early 2000s, uh, being around when he was smacking his wife at the time, Pamela Anderson, backstage in the Country Music Awards post-show. Uh, but I'm not going to get into all of that stuff. The bottom line is I'm not personally a fan of Kid Rock. But there are many people out there who are. I hope they're excited about his induction. He's definitely as far as the other celebrity inductees they've had in the WWE Hall of Fame. He's not that out of the box of one. He's definitely enough of a a high-profile public figure. He'll bring eyes to their product, which is their ultimate point for inducting celebrities. So on that metric, I understand it. I'm just not excited about it because at the end of the day, Screw Kid Rock. Yeah, my my tinfoil hat says he's running for office right now. There's a part of that he's... I know the McMahons are in the Republican side of the world. He's running for Republican office, I believe, in Michigan. Detroit, yeah. Yeah, so I don't want to read too much into that, but my conspiracy theory says that's what this is all about. Well, good for him. I I hope his political aspirations are fed by getting inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame, and I'm looking forward to next year when Limp Biscuit gets inducted. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Moving on, we've got to go talk about this massive week in happenings, uh, and we had to start off by talking about Monday Night Raw. Oh, the irony of Roman Reigns coming out and calling someone else Vince's boy. <laughs> Let me just start off Monday Night Raw by saying Kurt Angle came out to the ring and was basically setting up what his match, intergender match with... Uh, Ronda Rousey at WrestleMania. Mender gender right? match? What'd Mender you say? intergender. There we go. In, in, intergender Mahal? What, wow. Wow. Ew. Okay. That was a mental Reset. picture I never want to see again. Roman Reigns comes out at, in the middle of this, and after Kurt says that Brock is not going to be here for a second announced appearance mm-hmm. on Monday Night Raw, he's not going to be here again. Out comes Roman Reigns to reiterate his point from a week ago. Yet, his tone was a little bit different this week where he turned on Vince McMahon. And I, it felt a little on the nose. It felt played. It felt forced. I didn't like it as much. I don't know what they're trying to do. Are they trying to override what's going on on SmackDown where Shane is going to feud with Kevin Owens and now we're trying to set up something with Vince and Roman Reigns a la Stone Cold Vince McMahon? I, I think that you're you're half right there. I don't think that this is anything to do with, with what's going on with the authority angle over on SmackDown. This, to me, felt much more, as you said, very on the nose. 
uh, as far as having you know Roman be the guy that's being done wrong by the man here. I will say this, just, but before we get into you know kind of the the, the kvetching about this segment, I do want to say I really liked. Uh, a lot of things about the segment. I did actually like Roman's speech. I thought that he was, whoever wrote it, it, it was had a fresh new voice, if you will, as far as uh, how they're trying to sell these angles. And I liked the uh, production idea of having the camera follow uh, Roman, break the fourth wall, go right back into Gorilla, follow him through the curtain from the arena, right back into Gorilla, where everyone's standing around and Vince and Shane are sitting at the monitors uh, calling the show and have Roman go right up and get in Vince's face. I liked that. And then I liked having Vince call for commercial uh, as he walks away with Roman to go have a discussion about this. And then coming back from commercial to have Renee Young actually acting like a reporter and being outside of Vince's office and saying, okay, well, I've heard some yelling, but you know, I'm not really sure what's going on yet. And then have Roman come out sullenly and stalk away and then Vince have Vince come out and give almost like a, a press conference or a, a, a comment to Renee. This, all of that, the way that it was, was done, I thought was exciting. It was new. It worked really well. Loved it. And, uh, and of course, Vince, as always, killed it. Um, gave a great speech talking about how Roman needs to learn his place. Uh, your cousin how, had a great line. Yeah. Well, yeah, he had to, he had to of course, remind us that The Rock was Roman's cousin. Of course. Uh, another point that was on the nose a little too much to kind of to, to agree with you again. Um, and then say, you know, Brock is Brock's his own guy. He's not my boy, but I guarantee he'll be here next week, which is an interesting plot point uh, in case Brock doesn't show up next week. I, I agree with you. Uh, I think this was um, as much as I liked the presentation, uh, I didn't like what it's telling us. I liked more where Roman was going off personally. Like I personally don't like how Brock is conducting himself. And have it be a personal thing. I don't need to have the authority involved in this. I don't need to have another Stone Cold situation where Vince is trying to, you know, fire Stone Cold, and it's, you know, you're trying to have him be the guy who's fighting against the man. Roman doesn't need to fight against the man. We, you know, the only people that are going to buy that are the people who buy Roman's merch, and maybe that's the point. But to me, this this absolutely felt just too spot on. And I think it's the wrong direction to go for a feud that I thought got off on the right foot. But now, to me, it seems like they're going a, a bit in the wrong direction. But we have a, a long time to go. Roman yeah. has now been, quote-unquote, suspended. Yeah, off of WWE.com this week, we got a, a, a presser that said Roman Reigns has been temporarily suspended for reasons unknown. We don't know anything about it. We don't know the details. Of course we don't, because yeah. they're working the shit out of us. Right. And that's the thing, is we don't know what this entails, if he'll be back next week, if he's going to pull a stone cold and say, you can't suspend me, I don't care, I'm going to come in anyway. Whatever. Uh, you know, the, the question is, is will Brock be there next week? Because at this point, WWE is in danger of something, and that is promoting shows and saying that someone's going to be there and having people buy tickets uh, with that in mind and then not delivering on that. You made a Carney reference earlier. It's like saying you're, the Ferris wheel is going to be at the carnival this weekend. Buy your $25 tickets now, and then you get there and there's no Ferris wheel. Yeah, and, and the only way to kind of complete that metaphor would be if uh, they saw future money in having the Ferris wheel not be there. So we're going to uh, piss off people today and tomorrow, but next week they'll be really excited to see the Ferris wheel. That's not a really good way to do business. Right. It's kind of shady and it's, it's, I understand where, where they're doing it for, for storyline here, but it's a little bit dangerous. We, we called this out a couple of weeks ago where this was part of the story. 
The other problem was, in addition to Brock being advertised for the show and not being there, Ronda Rousey was also advertised for the show and every Raw going up to WrestleMania, and she was not on the show, and there was no kayfabe explanation for it, or real explanation. There was no explanation whatsoever at all. I would have been pissed. At least Brock, they're trying to turn it into an angle where the crowd gets mad at Brock for not being there. I can kind of see what they're doing. I think it's a little bit disingenuous, and I, I think it's dangerous. But with Ronda, they've got to be real careful because she's a face, and they're trying to keep her hot. And if she doesn't show, I mean, so they had an article online saying on WWE, on WWE, I sound like Sasha Banks over Kurt here. Kurt Angle over there. Yeah. Uh, uh, on WWE.com saying that Ronda was going to be at every Raw leading up to WrestleMania. Well, the very first one after they posted that, She's not here, oh, and boy. there's no explanation anywhere for it. Uh, so that's a bad look. However, they have put the article back up since, so maybe they're guaranteeing that she'll be there for everyone from now on. I don't know. It's They have to be careful here. Again, I wanted to see Rhonda again this week because I think I need to see. I forget what the universe thinks of her at this point. I need to see that she can legit wrestle. Once we get beyond this thing that's going to happen at WrestleMania in three or four weeks, I need to see that she can actually be a main roster superstar well, more than alongside any, these yeah, other women. We need to have a little bit more confidence. I mean, we can't just go off her reputation alone at this point. We need to have a little bit more of an idea of who Ronda Rousey is in the WWE. And I think that there is definitely uh, a chance of overexposure and, and her showing some faults that might turn people on her. So they might be scared of that. And I... I wouldn't blame them if they were because she has shown some cracks yeah. uh, in her in her abilities so Just far. Just the last two weeks, yeah. But uh, at the same time, they're advertising it. That means they got to deliver, in my opinion. And they do need to hype. The, I mean, a lot of matches, they don't need to hype a whole lot for us to be excited. And this mixed tag match is one of them. Like, I'm, ar- I'm already all in. Yeah. Uh, but if you're going to advertise that Ron is going to be a full-time WWE superstar from now on, you've got to get off on the right foot and give that goodwill to the fans by saying, here she is. She's a WWE superstar now. If I showed up to the carnival and the Tilt-A-Whirl, oh, here we go. And the Tilt-A-Whirl wasn't there on top of the Ferris wheel that I would, the both I was promised for my ticket, I would, I'd be really mad. I'd be asking for my money back. Well, speaking of circuses, uh, there's been a whole circus around the booking of John Cena for WrestleMania. We've had back well, and forth <laughs> his long... Yeah, you, and especially, have been sucked down a rabbit hole of your own making in what's going to happen to John Cena at WrestleMania. And the last couple of weeks especially, he's been coming out a lot and saying, I don't know what my path to WrestleMania is. I'm going to try every option that I have. Uh, even calling out being very in the nose and saying, hey, I'd love to fight Undertaker, but they tell me that that can't happen. So I'm going to go over and try to win the, the belt over on SmackDown and get involved over there because I lost my chance on Raw. This has all been going back and forth. And finally, Cena's back on Raw this week, and he's got he comes out and says, look, I used up every chance I thought I had. I guess I'm going to go to WrestleMania as a fan. I'm going to buy a ticket and sit in the crowd with you guys. Uh, this was a really, really entertaining segment. It's the best segment Cena's had in a long time. I loved I loved he, it. He's still very cartoonish. It's very John Cena. He jumped out in the crowd and had a beer with uh, some hairy fan and, you know, talked to the crowd directly a lot and kind of played them a little bit. It was very fun. Uh, but ultimately, he did something that he is one of the best at, and that is creating a match out of thin air. Yep. 
or giving you the stakes for the match out of thin air, where he said, okay, so they told me the Undertaker match is impossible. But I don't think it's the WWE brass, because I think if I challenged Undertaker and they didn't want it to happen, they'd cut my mic. Mike's still on. Mike's still on, he says as he taps the mic. It's not WWE. And that was a great moment. Loved it. Great moment where he got us invested and then started talking shit to The Undertaker and and brought up a lot of great, like very pointed marks, like saying, you know, I know know you're in good shape because I see your training videos on your wife's Instagram. Oh. You know, and, and got the audience in the palm of his hand. They were cheering like crazy. And I'm not going to lie, as jaded as I am about Cena's matches and, and how I think a Cena-Undertaker match will be, which I, I think it'll be hot garbage, to be honest with you. Okay. I really do. I think it's going to be you know momentous in terms of uh, you know seeing Undertaker come out as always still an event, a big nostalgia moment. Having him versus Cena, definitely from a historical standpoint, is a big deal. But I don't think the match itself is going to be very good. Uh, but he got me psyched up. Cena got me excited about it. I know that for the next three weeks on Monday Night Raw, I am going to be waiting on the edge <laughs> of my seat with bated breath for the gong. Then, then, Anytime Cena's out there, I'm going to be waiting. Then they've done their job. Congratulations, Cena. You got me excited about yeah. something that's not you winning your 17th championship match at WrestleMania. I didn't think this was going to come through. I think they're going to they're going to pull it off. I yeah. think it's going to have be one of the big matches at WrestleMania. And and you know, this is something that I I've, I've been saying is going to happen for a while, largely to be honest because it's something that I've heard from every other reputable source in wrestling news has been saying this is 100% lock. And so the last few weeks as much as they were trying to divert our attention and and swerve us in every other way, this was always in the back of my head is no no no, everyone's saying this is going to happen. Um and so to me, this is almost a payoff for all of that other stuff. You know, the Cena's uh, existence in the six-man, uh, six-pack challenge over on Fastlane, I thought made that match more exciting because it gave you that yeah. X factor. I think that uh, having him involved on Raw and getting in the title picture, like all of that did heighten a lot of those contests. So I thought that that was worthwhile, but it also proves that we just needed to get past Fastlane to really start breaking down what's going to happen at WrestleMania. We had to put some things behind us. So no, this is, this is, I'm, I'm excited about this. I think that I'm glad that they're finally showing their hand. This will likely happen. And as you said, raw is now even more must see TV because of it. Waiting for that bong. Well, Hey, uh, something else that's locked in for WrestleMania at this point is the triple threat match for the intercontinental championship, but where the Miz is defending against Finn Balor, and Seth freaking Rollins. Yeah, this this I, we've said it time and time again. This could be the match that steals the show. Yes, uh, and particularly so. I liked, I love what they're doing with the build with this too. This is also being built really well, where Miz is playing the pot stirrer between Seth and Finn, who have started just doing this great character work with each other, where they're both good guys, but you can tell they just don't like each other. Finn has Seth's number. Seth likes to to denigrate Finn because he hasn't really done anything since yep. he came back. And they just don't like each other. And there was a Miz <laughs> TV segment this week that was fun because Miz, great as always, uh, did his best to try to get Finn and Seth to fight each other, to, to have bad blood. Both of them called him out for very obvious tactics, but then kind of fell for it anyway because they just don't like each other that much. End up beating up Miz together. Well, the best part was Miz sitting in the back just with that grin. 
They're going to do it. They're going to fight. I love it. Just looking at him with that cheesy shit. And then they grin slowly both turn towards him. Yep. And he goes, no, 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 no. Brilliant. Uh, tons of fun. And then to have Seth cold cock Finn after, t- <laughs> after tossing the Miz out. Yep. And then they had a match later in the night that was unsurprisingly a very fun match. Obviously not as good as they can do because this is a TV match. They don't have to go all out, but still a very fun match. Good psychologically with Seth going for Finn's previously injured shoulder. Uh, Finn showing his awareness of Seth's moves by rolling him up in the middle of the uh, the, um, the superplex Phoenix splash combo that he does. Yeah. Uh, and having, you know, having Finn pick up the win, uh, kind of a surprise win over Seth. And this is just all roiled this all they have they this is one that they could go with tomorrow they could do this match tomorrow and people are in but they also have left themselves enough room to stir the pot until wrestlemania with this there's enough aspects of this that you can keep highlighting of this triple threat that are all fun and interesting and, and character driven this is probably one of the best feuds they have across all brands but what do we do for the next three weeks do we just keep doing this where Miz pits Finn and Seth against each other? Uh, do I, that's going to get a little old real quick. But they have so many dynamics they can play on. Miz versus Finn, Finn versus Seth, Seth versus Miz. They have so many different aspects they, they can play off of that they I think they've left themselves enough room to keep building on this. And you can even have like just a just minor little tweaks from week to week to remind us it's happening or you could have full on matches. This could, this could, you know, I, I predict at some point it'll be Finn and Seth against the Miztourage again or something like that. You know, well, they- it's interesting you bring that up. So before we get into the next section, uh, I was I, the Miztourage was noticeably absent during uh, an, an episode of Miz TV, and I was curious, going, huh? Well, we but- saw them, I guess, on the the pre-show at back at Elimination Chamber, I guess, <laughs> right? And they've have they become a legit tag team now? Well, they they always were kind of a quote unquote legit tag team. They were tagging against the Shield when they came back. They've tagged before. I mean, the whole Raw tag division is kind of garbage right now, so they fit right in. But uh, but no, Miz oh, Miz on. did tell them uh, did tell us that you know his boys were off fighting for the tag championships or for an opportunity at the tag championships at WrestleMania. Because I elevate superstars. Yeah. Oh, that's love it. Great stuff. But yeah, we had, I can only describe it as madness. The tag division on, on tonight's Monday Night Raw was madness. You had a match between the Miztourage and the bar, which broke down into chaos when all the rest of the tag teams came out to the ring and all decided to beat down the bar, who then ran to the back, whining to Kurt Angle, about how they weren't appreciated on Raw. They were going to go over to SmackDown because you know, that's the land of opportunity and everyone seems cool over there and, and the Bludgeon Brothers aren't that badass. We could take them. Uh, and then Kurt finally puts them, uh, says, don't worry, I'm going to figure out your WrestleMania deal. You guys hang out. We're going to have a, a, a Battle Royale match with the, all the other tag teams and the winner is going to face you at WrestleMania. Okay, great. Good setup. I like the sound of that. Yeah, and then you know what? It filled time on the show by having a bunch of different aspects to this happen throughout the show. This is a long show. You have to fill time. What a great way to do it. Have multiple plot points happen throughout the show on an interesting angle with a lot of moving parts. Yep. Great stuff. Here's here's the part where we're going to have to start discussing some stuff here. Okay. So during the Battle Royale, all the other tag teams on Monday Night Raw, which, yes, I did just call garbage. Uh, they all come to the ring and not garbage because there's a lack of talent. No, no. This is a bunch of talented tag teams. You've got some of the, in my opinion, some of the best workers in the business are some are in some of these tag teams. They've all just been booked like such crap and they've all looked like, like, 
you know, jabronis to uh, to other bigger tag teams like the Shield or the Bar for so long. No one's really they're not really over with the crowd. None of them. Yeah. So you bring them all out to the ring. They all get ready to go. And then whose music should hit? Braun Strowman. Braun Strowman. Wait, wait, why is Braun Strowman coming out to a tag team battle royale? I don't know. I don't know. But he did. I wasn't mad at it. Here's the the thing. Wait, wait, what? Here's the thing. This was very entertaining. Having Braun Strowman come down to the ring and basically lay waste to the entire Monday Night Raw tag division was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. It was fun to see. From one aspect. Now, granted, there was a lot of offense they got back on him. This wasn't like he didn't cakewalk over them. Yeah. He kind of did, but he, he they, they put up a pretty good resistance. But at the end of the day, step back a little bit. You just buried your entire tag division because one guy pretty much took them all out. Again. He yeah. did it again. He did it again. You 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 want to convince us that your your tag division is worth a damn? Well, then you have a one guy beat them all and some of them looked like idiots dawson got tossed out like a chump from the revival the revival looked like idiots in this match anderson and gallows just <laughs> i mean at least yeah. carl anderson got a little bit of offense in at the end he looked pretty good until braun tossed him like a like hucked him like a a, a frisbee out he of the literally picked him up and threw him into everybody else yeah <laughs> I mean, it, so wait let me make sure i understand what's really going on here is braun Strowman going to solo compete against the bar for the tag team championships so you are you are right in the kayfabe ma- uh, fast lane right here that is that is that is where they're going with the kayfabe is that braun Strowman is right now is going to face the bar one-on-two for the tag team championships now, I, I did a little research on this, and I could only find one other time in mainstream wrestling when this has happened. And Samoa Joe held both tag belts in TNA back in the, the aughts. Uh, this is not something that's ever happened in WWE that I could find. Is Damn. one guy holding both tag belts. It's not, it's not that it's never happened, uh, and it's something that I think it, you have to be careful of because it does kind of... Eh, it's like, well, then what are the rules for? Like, why is he able to compete in this? Uh, and so it's going to take a little bit of kind of stretching of logic on WWE's part in the next couple of weeks to make this happen. Or Braun Strowman is going to have to get a tag team partner. Uh, but when, I think we can speculate killed, if he does get a partner, like who it would be, who would be a fun that partner. That kills the spectacle of it for me, though. Maybe right. it's some, uh, maybe it's one of the announcers. Kurt Hawkins. Oh, there you go. Uh, Corey Graves <laughs> Corey sitting Gra- at the desk, right? That's his tag team partner. Corey right? Graves, who's not cleared to wrestle for neck issues, a la Daniel sure. Bryan. Yeah, that's that. Would okay, be- sure. Byron Saxton then. <laughs> Saxton Nation's coming back, baby. Yes. The worst yes. finisher in wrestling history. Uh, yeah, no, this, this, there's definitely a lot of speculation we can make about this. We were talking last week about how neither the bar nor Braun Strowman had a match at WrestleMania. The bar, we didn't know why. Strowman was because... You know, they had to keep him on the sidelines in case uh, Roman's steroid issues became something serious mm-hmm. or in case Brock's contract negotiations fell through, uh, both of which, from what we understand, are on the up and up. We'll talk about Roman's steroid thing later in the show. Uh, but basically now they're, they're, that's off the hook. That's all go. Okay. So now we know the bar and Braun Strowman both have matches. It's just they're against uh, each against other, each other. <laughs> uh, which I would not have called. Um, oh. So yeah, on on one hand, as we said, this was really fun. On the other hand, man, it was kind of dumb on a couple levels and head scratching. But at the same, yeah, that's exactly but, what it left. But me at doing. the same time, I'm torn because the bar versus Braun Strowman would be fun. But if he beats the bar, that makes the bar look 
kind of bad. I don't know. I'm still. I don't think so. Though. I haven't. I haven't come down on either side of this yet. I'm still mulling this over. The spectacle of Braun Strowman on the Raw after WrestleMania, walking out onto the ramp <laughs> with both belts, one on each shoulder, as the tag champion. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then pitting some kind of open challenge with like. I dare you to come get him. Yeah. And who's going to come get him? I just beat all of you at the same time. <laughs> I don't who's know. Who's going to do this? I don't know. The, I, the thing I, is, I enjoyed get. I'm going to enjoy the ride to get to it. I don't know how they unpaint themselves out of that corner. Yeah, exactly. It's, <laughs> it's a corner, and they are painting themselves into it. Speaking of painting yourself into a corner, uh, over in the women's division, it, uh, Alexa Bliss, I think, is uh, in storyline painting herself into a rather large, uh, rather scary corner yes. here. Uh, this week, Oscar was out in the ring and uh, Alexa and Mickey James, who apparently they're now buddies again uh, as they, they have been for the last couple of weeks. I don't know. They come out to the ring, kind of talk smack to Oscar because now Oscar's not coming after Alexa anymore. She's going after Charlotte. Um, and this ends up in a match between Mickey James and Oscar and, uh, which was, you know, uh, unsurprisingly, Oscar Oscar wins. Yep. Uh, Mickey gets a little bit of offense in, but uh-uh. uh, and then this ends up later on. We realized that Nia Jax was supposed to come out and help them beat down Oscar, but didn't because she had another match later that was a squash match against a jobber, very Nia Jax. And after that match, we catch some quote unquote behind the scenes footage from backstage with uh, Alexa and Mickey. Uh, talking after Mickey's match about how Alexa has essentially been using Nia Jax and how she thinks Nia is basically a piece of crap and uh, she, you know, if she ever, you know, all talking smack, very mean girls style, yes. very high school again about Nia Jax, uh, which leads to Nia Jax coming backstage chasing after them. They take off and Nia trashes the dressing room, very Braun Strowman esque. Uh, big, a big person tearing stuff up and throwing it around. T-Rex roars and all. It was kind of scary. Yeah, it I'm was. not going to lie. It was, it was pretty scary. I, I wanted to change the channel. I really did. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> I actually... I, For now, multiple the, reasons. So now, now basically, we kind of have a clearer picture of this. Naya, Naya knows Alexa's not on her side. We are moving towards what is probably going to be Naya Jax versus Alexa Bliss at WrestleMania. I like this build. I like the way... I think it's been... I won't say elegant, but very cleanly built. Um, I'm not a, usually a fan of the mean girls kind of stuff going on with the women's division, but it large, works though. It's effective. Largely thanks to Naya's reactions and Naya's acting, to be honest with you. Uh, last week with her actually crying when, uh, when Alexa, you know, talks about how she's been kind of rejected her whole life. And then this week with her reaction to Alexa turning on her. Uh, I, I've actually been very drawn into Nia's character, and I can only imagine that a lot of the, the WWE universe is also having that same reaction where we're coming over to Nia's side on this. Not me. Uh, of course not you. No. No. You're not, no. I would, I would not expect you to come across What kind of side. man would I be to turn the corner now? Right. right. <laughs> yes. Uh, how, I have to be stubborn and stick to my gun. Exactly. How dare you have a heart at this point, <laughs> sir? How dare you let that cynical facade down and let the, uh, the, the plight of this poor woman who's been betrayed by her friends into your heart it's okay you are a rock you are an island anyway i'm i'm liking this a lot um next week we've got uh we got we have this shown that we're going to have uh, alexa bliss versus oscar uh which is an interesting why would, would you do that on well, tv i guess it's not for the title i can't i I, I, it's going to be an interruption. Nia's going to come out. Nia's going to come out and kill her. Yeah, and no, we, it's, it's not even going to be a match. No, but it is. 
I think it's strange to book Alexa versus Asuka at this point when she just is happy that she escaped Asuka at WrestleMania. Strange booking here. Obviously, Asuka's the third wheel in this one. uh, She doesn't need to be here anymore. She can go over to SmackDown. That's really where her meat and potatoes is. Uh, And I hope she does start showing up on on SmackDown regularly up to Mania. Well, something we'll have to talk about when we get to the uh, SmackDown (laughs) section of the show, sir. Uh, In the meantime, we're going to talk about a couple of the other small bits that happen on Raw. Delete! You may not have seen on on Hulu, uh, including, yes, sir, the, the the promo for next week's Ultimate Deletion. Now, that promo was on Hulu. They did show that whole video package of the compound and and all of that stuff. If they didn't and they were promoting Ultimate Deletion as being a big deal next week, they would be even more silly yeah. and, and foolish than booking a Bray Wyatt and Finn Balor feud. Oh, wait. Uh, but no, here's the thing. is I, I, they, I don't know if people who didn't watch all of the deletions and all of the, the Matt Hardy stuff on TNA... I don't know if this one promo was enough to get into his world yeah. and understand everything that's going on there. They did a good job of, kind of introducing us to the main characters and giving us, a, but it's still his kind, kids, his kids, <laughs> of course, King Maxwell. and his, his, his lands, landskeeper, his, groundskeeper. Yeah, yeah, damn right. Senior Benjamin, Senior you have Benjamin. to have him in there. Uh, Vanguard one, the, the lake of reincarnation. They, they put all the big stuff on there, but it still felt a little bit like a family home video. So let me speak for the universe that may that may not have that are the ones that you're referring to, right? That may not have watched TNA or Impact, whichever one you want to call it now. Uh, the that is new to this. Okay, so I didn't watch TNA or Impact, admittedly, uh, and I frankly still don't. But I was aware of the Hardys being over there because I am an Attitude Era kid. I, I love me some Hardy Boys. Uh, but I had heard about this through other wrestling fans that I'm friends with. And all it took was a YouTube video search to see a compilation of all of the setup of everything. And then the final, what was the final thing they called it? The final deletion? They had, they had a, a few different deletions, yeah. Sure. Uh, at the compound where you know, Jeff Hardy's jumping out the top of a pine tree. In yeah, that, was, that was the first one. They had a few more, but yeah. yes, yeah. So all it takes is a look on YouTube. It's all out there, guys. Don't feel like you're stranded and can't understand all of this that's going on. It, it's out there, and frankly, I don't think you need to. But to- this is the thing is that you know TNA and Impact weren't getting that many views a week. They were not being watched by that many people. Yeah. But look how insane the response was to the Hardys coming back last year at WrestleMania and for the few months after that. The delete thing was massively over and with a lot more people than watched TNA impact on a week to week basis. Right. It absolutely went viral. This was a viral thing. And I think that it has cooled down so much because they took so much time to figure out the legal stuff with it that as we've said on our show before, uh, it may have been too little too late to bring this out. And I think that a lot of you know, people have either forgotten or cooled on it or whatever, and people who weren't aware of it might not be as excited to go and find out about it because it just seems kind of weird and left field and doesn't have that magic of, of discovery anymore. You know what I mean? So I don't yeah. know if people will be motivated to go out and find it now. Uh, and really, the, the, the tell is going to be how they actually pull this off. It's been filmed. They're going to show it next week. The thing that worries me was that they showed the, the whole, very, the very typical uh, set up for the Matt Hardy things shot in very similar way with drones and, and the rest of it kind of like a family video blah 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 uh, explaining all the major plot points but then you cut to Bray Wyatt who does a very classic Bray Wyatt spooky ooky I'm in a dark room with mist and a one overhead light spooky ooky promo right yep 
which to his credit was very spooky ooky. Um, he was nice and intense. The guy is a great talker. But the contrast of styles between this kind of crazy out there over the top Matt Hardy thing and this very intense, gritty, uh, you know, more like modern horror film Bray Wyatt thing that he's doing. It's it doesn't quite it's it's peanut butter and toothpaste. It doesn't really gel together. Yeah, it's it. They they don't really complement each other. The two different styles. So I'm wondering how it's going to work out. And I've still got the House of Horror match, unfortunately, fresh in my memory. It's less than a year old. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I mean, not to reinforce that that horror, but it, I I lost years on that match, man. I've <laughs> I've got gray hairs that I can point out and go. That's the House of Horrors match right there. Uh, I'm worried this is going to be House of Horrors Part Two. Yeah, you know too. that that somehow if they're just going to screw this up somehow. So I'm worried. On the upside, I'm hoping Bray Wyatt gets dunked in the Lake of Reincarnation and comes back as Husky Harris. That would be wonderful. I mean, he's got nothing else to do right now. Well, that could be true, but I mean, what's the what's the outcome for Bray Wyatt after this? If he gets ultimately deleted, do we lose? Is Bray Wyatt gone? I, I mean, at this point, he kind of needs to go away for a bit, reinvent himself. Find you know, he can't win a match, man. And if he if he does, it's it's a little one. It's not he doesn't win the big matches. He never has. So I, yeah, I think he needs to go away for a while. This this could be good for him if they do this right. Yeah. Well, hey, over on the other stuff that wasn't on the Hulu edition, uh, Sasha beats Sonya and Bailey walks out. Yes, uh, Sasha uh, submitted Sonya Deville, which I eh, that's fine. They need to keep Sasha strong. Bailey, you know, was there kind of tensely by the by ringside, and then walks away and absolution beats up. Uh, Sasha Banks. So we're still kind of spinning the wheels on this Sasha Bailey thing. This better deliver. They better not mess this up. I don't know, man. I don't see a place for them at WrestleMania. I would uh, love to see that match culminate at WrestleMania, but that we have a stacked card already. Where do they put that match? What are the stakes? I don't know. I'm worried. And the fact that it's not in the Hulu edition just kind of kind of telling drives that home. Yep. Uh, also, Elias came out and was still selling his injuries from getting a piano dropped on him by Braun Strowman, and he didn't sing a song this week saying that uh, it was the fans' fault. So, good times. Uh, What's he going to be up to at WrestleMania, by the way? Uh, armbar. Relegated to the pre-show? I'm going to say Armbar. He might come out and have just like a little moment, play a song, get beaten up by somebody, and that'll be Elias' WrestleMania moment. Wow. But, hey, you know, that's... That Braun Strowman will smash a bass guitar over the back of him on the way down to have his tag match. Again? Again. He's sure, gotta, no, he's got to find something bigger to smash him with. Just get like a whole orchestra. Just, just pick up a Mack truck and smash him over the back with it. Yeah. Because oh, he's shown he can do that, right? Or just hit him with Kid Rock. Oh. Just pick up Kid Rock oh. and smack him in the face with him. Lots going on on Monday Night Raw as we get head into WrestleMania season. But that's not all that happened this week. But for the rest, we've got to head over and talk about SmackDown Live. So apparently, all SmackDown Live needed to get back on its feet was just to get through Fastlane because this week the show was good again. Yay. At least watchable. It's been down lately, but this week we had a lot of exciting stuff happen, uh, and it started off with a promo by AJ Styles, who then got interrupted and had a, uh, by Nakamura promoting their match, <laughs> and the two of those guys in the ring together, like they just they stand next to each other, and it's like goosey. And I love how they're doing the, the, the rivalry between the two of them where it's, it's a competitive rivalry. They're both kind of the good guys here, but they really want to fight each other to find out who's better. They have a history. They're, they're, I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish WWE would just finally 
you know, uh, I remember for who was it this week who actually said New Japan? It was Sam on, Roberts on Sam, Talking Smack. On after Talking Fast Smack Lane. after Fast, yeah. uh, uh, he actually said the words New Japan. I, why do you not take this history into account? This has been a gripe of mine ba- since the Attitude Era. I'm surprised a Kane didn't come out and buy, grab yeah. him by the Whoop. neck and yank him off. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and here's the thing, man. Like, why not? What does it hurt you to to, to talk about another company? When you can still position yourself as the biggest company. Yep. Yes, they fought in New Japan, but then they wanted to come to the big league, so they came here. How does it hurt you? Right. I mean, you know what I mean? It makes it makes your stars, when they come in, feel that much bigger if they came from New Japan. Just say the damn name. They finally said UFC a couple of times in the last couple of weeks, and they've been scared of doing that before. Just say New Japan. doesn't hurt you. These two had a massive rivalry in New Japan, and it was incredible. It was some of the highest-rated matches of the year. They were great. Go watch them. Come back here because we got the big one at WrestleMania. In Pikes front of 100,000 people. Yes. Come on. It's, it, it makes the match that much more exciting. Anyway, little personal gripe over. <laughs> As the tensions are building in the ring between these two. Yeah, so great. I'm still excited about out that. Out of nowhere. Out of nowhere, Rusev and Aiden English come out. Out of out of nowhere, kind and of. I was but, like, "Wait, what is what?" Well, but think about it. Rusev just had a match with Nakamura at Fastlane, and now he had a match with AJ Styles tonight. So on one side, I'm happy that Rusev is fighting the two two biggest guys on SmackDown. Great, he's getting that shine. Maybe on some level, they're, they're listening to the Rusev Day chants. But on the other side, maybe they're not because they're not turning him face. And driving into the fact that he's popular, and they're they're having him still work heel against your top guys, which is weird because the audience wants to cheer him, but they can't. They're it's forcing the audience to not chant Rusev Day and not cheer him. It's he's facing AJ Styles, like arguably the most over guy on the main roster. Yeah. So what are you going to do? I don't know. And I, I don't know. I I question, as I have been for the last couple of weeks, I question this booking. But that being said, great match. The two had a great match. Rusev looked great. AJ looked great. AJ won, unsurprisingly. Um, actually, no, let's see. AJ didn't win. Well, he did win by disqualification because yep. he got he got Rusev in a calf crusher. Aiden comes in to break it up. Disqualification. Beat down, which went on for a little bit long because Nakamura was sitting at ringside by the commentary desk and took his sweet time getting in there to make, it, make the save. And then later afterwards, uh, they're in the hallway and, and uh, AJ said, I didn't need your help. Uh, Nakamura says, hey, man, I got your back until WrestleMania, but then need a face. Need a face. Need a face. Nakamura actually very good on the mic this week for Nakamura. Yes. Very clear, cogent. People could tell what he was saying, and he's starting to get a couple of like uh, lines over. Catchphrases in there. Need a face, that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, no, all around good stuff. Again, another match. I don't need. I don't know if we need to build. It's ready to go. Well, Dolph Ziggler and Baron Corbin were notably absent this week, but we did get some updates on the whole Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, and Shane McMahon. Boy, did we ever! That's going on this week. Finally, they 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 turned the burner back up on this one again in a big way. Uh, in a swerve I didn't see coming, Shane McMahon came out and expressed sort of as much as you can expect from Shane remorse at pulling both Sami Zayn and the ref off of Kevin Owens uh, this week, costing both Sami and Kevin the championship. Yeah. Uh, said that he had, he talked to Daniel Bryan. He realized that he had a bias and he was, that was screwing up the product and he was going to step down indefinitely as commissioner. I, I, that took me by surprise. I was surprised that that happened. Um, and then he got viciously beaten down by Kevin Owens and Sammy, like really good, hard. 
he's out for a while with an injury style beatdown, and and he sold it like death. Yeah. Well, he's no longer the commissioner, so they can do that. Field day. Yeah. Yep. And uh, but yeah, they beat the crap out of him. Pow- uh, pop up power bomb onto some sort of really nasty looking steel stuff backstage, and Shane looked like he was having a heart attack. It was it was scary in a good in like a good entertaining way. But uh, here's the question I'm I'm wondering is. Okay, so he's stepping down as commissioner, but the, in doing so, he made the match Kevin Owens versus Sami Zayn at WrestleMania. Great. Fight forever. We, we love it when those guys fight. It's always electrifying. Good stuff. Will they go ahead and have a Kevin Owens-Sami Zayn match and build into that, which they have the time to do? Or will Shane somehow factor in as well? Is he going to be out with an injury? If so, why would they take him off of TV? These are the questions I have about all yeah. this. Um, I don't know what your speculation is on this. I've got mine. Mine is basically it's going to be a surprise. We're going to set up Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn over the next two to three weeks, and then we'll have a surprise Shane McMahon appearance during the match at WrestleMania. Oh, during the match. I think it'll either be that or some kind of setup where he's going to, he's no longer the commissioner, but he also has one of those uh, entertainer contracts or uh, wrestler contracts, much like they said for Triple H and, right. and Stephanie McMahon having a, a second contract. I think there's going to be something where Daniel Bryan steps in and books Shane McMahon into the match somehow. In a handicap match, you think? Maybe a triple threat. I don't know. Uh, That'll be interesting to see how that works out because there's not any pairings that work out there between the three of them. There's no love lost between the three of them at this point. Uh, well, I mean, we I, saw I w- this week that Kevin and Sammy can be on the same page when it comes to beating up Shane McMahon. Sure, sure, but I wouldn't, and I wouldn't put it past him to have Shane come in and just mess with him during the match at WrestleMania. Uh, not really DQ, but maybe some kind of stipulation gets put on it, so it's no DQ. Uh, so then Shane steps in somehow. I don't. Shane is not going to not be involved in this match at WrestleMania. Period. I don't know how it's we're going to get there. We'll, I'm sure we'll find out. But there, you're, I, if if we are lucky enough to have. Uh, Shinsuke Nakamura and AJ Styles, uh, Charlotte and Asuka, and Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, straight up clean singles matches, all in one WrestleMania this year. Boom, <laughs> mic drop. Right, now here's the here's the ec- extra thing I'm gonna throw in there because right. I love Kevin and Sami fighting with a ladder match. That's that's oh. their match. Oh. Uh, and if it's just them in a ladder match, great. If Shane gets involved somehow and it's a triple threat, great. Uh, Daniel Bryan still hasn't gotten cleared from what we understand, but here's the thing. If he gets cleared, they are keeping that under absolute wraps until it's time to reveal it. No one's going to know, but Daniel, his doctor and Vince. Yep. All right. So that's just speculation as far as that's concerned. Let's just go with the idea. Kevin, Sammy and Shane. Shane may be involved. He may not be. It may just be Kevin and Sammy. I think it'd be interesting to have a ladder match. I was trying to think why you would have a ladder match, what it would be for. And I was wondering if maybe like on the top, like hanging from the ceiling is if you get that, it's a, it's a continuation of your contract. If you don't get that, you're fired. Something like that. Yeah, that could be fun. The bottom line is here is yes, Shane could come back next week if he wanted to and say, I'm a wrestler now. I'm not the commish. Or he could sell his injuries and be out to WrestleMania because he's got to be involved in backstage stuff and preparing for WrestleMania. So they could have written him off for weeks with the injuries sustained this week, blah, blah, blah. That's kind of, that's the question is if he comes back, it's because he doesn't have other commitments with his backstage stuff. So they've given him the opportunity to stay off TV and perhaps build to a straight up Kevin and Sammy fight. Or now he has a real reason to physically get involved with them. Yeah. I'll be anxious to see how that one works out because uh, this week was... 
Uh, pretty exciting, actually. We finally got some momentum to oh, a shot God. behind that. All right, so moving on, we had to talk about something interesting that happened in the tag division. I loved this. Uh, I did, too. And it, you had uh, an interview backstage with Big E uh, from the New Day, and then all of a sudden, Jimmy Uso. The two surviving members of their respective teams. Yes. Uh, <laughs> who survived somehow, the Bludgeon Brothers. We're going to team up together. And go fight the Bludgeon Brothers. I was like, what? Yes. Oh, yeah. I'm in. And, the, and they're both so goddamn charismatic and good on the mic. I just I got fired up during this part, man. And they were like, yeah, let's go get them. And they go out there and get murdered. Yep. And as they were walking off camera, I was going, they're going to get their they're asses gonna, kicked. Yeah. Uh, go, you and they go, did. Go get them, guys. Oh, God. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, they did. Bludgeon Brothers murdered them. This is, this is great. We've got four weeks away, and they have so many options to get this white hot. It's already exciting as hell. It's, it's good. Change up from what we're used to. Uh, Bludgeon Brothers are finally doing something other than killing jobbers. Hey, look, they're wrestling. It's, and they're good. They are they're good. good wrestlers, man. Uh, yeah, finally, we're, we're stepping away from the Bludgeon Brothers just being a World of Warcraft cosplay jobber killer team. And now we're going somewhere. Probably a triple threat at WrestleMania. Damn, that's going to be a good match. You yes. take the, the, the two tag teams who put on the best tag matches this last year, and you, well, uh, not in NXT, <laughs> and, uh, and put them together with the Bludgeon Brothers who can go. Yep, sign me up. Yep. One more good match on this card. And speaking of good matches on this card and matches that need no selling, that need no getting hot. We had a promo for another one of those matches that's going to be on the WrestleMania card. Asuka versus Charlotte. I am all in on this match. And I think I said something sneaky after our on our fast lane preview earlier this week that this was could very well sneak up and be one of the best matches of the night. I and I've heard people speculate this could close out WrestleMania yeah. if they, if they promote it right, if they pushed it hard enough, almost like as a hey, women are on this level now. That's how big this match is and the stakes are huge too. It's a championship versus the streak versus potentially a money in the bank contract. Right. And that's and that's another thing we got to talk about is uh, you know, we can really quickly br- brush over the Oscar Charlotte. It was just them in the ring together, yeah. talking to talking smack to each other. Great. We're going to have a match. It's going to be huge. It's awesome. We're ready for it. But later on in the show, Carmella had a match versus Naomi. And before that, she had a promo where she openly said she might cash in at WrestleMania. And I kind of went, oh, if you're going to do that, do you really want to show your hand now? Because I, I, to the, I continue to say that's the most elegant way to have Asuka's streak end is to have her win the belt off of Charlotte uh, or have Carmella get involved somehow and then cash in, have Asuka lose her streak and have Carmella cash in at the same time. I think that's an elegant way to do it. But man, if you get that out there beforehand, it could kill the surprise of it. Yeah, I'm not ready to call anything for this match at WrestleMania. We got three more weeks to build. Yeah. Uh, but I think this is going to get really interesting. And what I will call now is that I think this is going to sneak up and potentially be one of the, the big show. highlights and steal the show uh, at WrestleMania. Whether or not, I don't think it'll be the last, the closeout match. I don't think. I that's think that's going to be Brock and Roman. I think it's a long let's, shot. Let's agree on that. Yeah. Now. Maybe the uh, second to last, though. Maybe you know, yeah. and, and between here, AJ and Knock and Brock uh-huh, and Roman, that's yep. my suspicion. Uh, and I mean, to talk about Carmella getting involved, it's not too far fetched. She beat Naomi pretty clean here yep. tonight, so they're definitely giving her some shine with a win over Becky Lynch on Sunday, with a win over Naomi tonight. I think they're they're definitely kind of re- reminding us, hey, Carmella is a factor, uh, also a factor, and in my opinion, a match that could be solid. 
but it's looking like the redheaded stepchild as far as WrestleMania matches are concerned is the kind of they haven't announced it officially yet, but it's definitely going to happen. Bobby Roode, Jinder Mahal and Randy Orton are all involved involved in a feud right now. Randy took the U.S. title from Bobby on uh, on Sunday. Bobby tonight challenged Randy for the title at WrestleMania, got his rematch clause in and then had a match with Jinder Mahal. So all these three guys are, have been involved for a while. I can't help but see a triple threat at WrestleMania. Um, you know, and Randy got involved physically with 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 uh, gender tonight after Bobby beat him. So it's yeah, it's I, I definitely can see that happening. And it's not the most excited I've, I am for any match on the card. It's kind of a meh match, if you ask me. It's but, unfortunate, but yeah, yeah. But it's at the same time. But it's Randy and it's Rinder. It's, it's Rinder again. Yeah, but at the same time, it's not the worst possibility they're actually doing a decent job now that they've kind of started not talking about the damn list and it's just about the three guys having a competition yep you know what i mean that's that's good stuff well as you said at the beginning of our smackdown segment here there you know they just had to get past fast lane a lot of things are kind of planing out leveling out and it's it's really i'm really looking forward to some of these matches that we're going to have at wrestlemania smackdown has a lot of good wrestlemania feuds they can work on and now that we're in that final stretch we can heat up the kevin owens sammy Zayn, and shane feud we can heat up the aj and nakamura feud we can heat up the charlotte oscar feud all of those we can really start going on, and those are all things that we're excited about, and they're going to make good TV. Yeah. So I'm um, looking forward to SmackDown going forward. It should be better than it has been. But that being said, we have to move on and talk about the news and notes segment that gives the haps with the graphs that weren't on WWE's main shows. It's the wide world of wrestling. Well, starting things off over in NXT, we continued on with the Dusty Rhodes Classic featuring a match between Sanity and Tino Sabatelli and Riddick Moss. Yeah, you know, be- between segments here, we took a little break, so I'm having to, to kind of settle back down into this. Uh, kind of, this is exciting stuff, and yeah. I want to make sure that we, we go over this properly. Uh, this was Sanity versus Sabatelli and Moss, and I, I, I have to say, like, I, I was kind of like, uh, not really that up on this match. I was like, okay, cool, great. Sanity's back together. They've had kind of a unexciting few weeks, you know, with with uh, Killian Dane losing to Alistair Black, and uh, we haven't really seen a lot from Nikki Cross except for that squash match a few weeks ago. This was Sanity back in proper form. Yes, and it was Sabatelli and Moss back on the same page. I don't know if they're splitting up. Angle is going on hold for the Dusty Classic or just for this match. They kind of referenced it, but it wasn't really touched on too much. Um, and even during the match, they had a mishap where they hit each other. Yeah. So- I, I wasn't sure whether they were back on the same page or if they're going to continue down this splitting up angle. I, I think they're just slow burning it like a lot of things with NXT. They're letting it happen over time, uh, keeping it in our in our minds, but not overplaying it. And I think they did the right thing here. This was, you know, it was a match. Uh, it was fun, as you'd expect from both these tag teams. Moss, Moss is getting over with me. He's got a good physical presence. He's getting more and more jacked. That boy is hitting the weight room. Sabatelli, obviously an incredible physical specimen, just oozes natural heel heat. People hate him. Both those guys have a, a high ceiling. We've been high on them for a while. Uh, but I think it was the right decision here to have Sanity pick up the win and move on in the Dusty Classic. Well, speaking of heel heat... Uh, nobody in NXT, maybe even WWE as a whole, has more heel heat than Tomasa Ciampa right now. Yeah, we, we had another segment where he came out and got booed out of the building. Uh, he couldn't even speak on the mic. People were booing him so loudly. I think 
This to me felt a little bit more put on because everyone in the audience had a Johnny Gargano sign, like yeah. the little the little half smiley face thing that he does. Uh, that seemed a little bit much, but at the same time, I'm not mad at it. This is absolutely how they should be building this with Ciampa being the most hated guy in the company, uh, reminding us what he did to Johnny Gargano, and then also keeping us, you know, keeping it in our minds that Johnny's out there somewhere. And Chapa is in here still looking for something to do. I'm surprised they haven't pulled a video package out of him uh, attacking Johnny Gargano when DIY broke up at that takeover event a year ago. So, I mean, I, I, they haven't really pulled that out yet. I think we're going to see it in the next two weeks before we get to takeover. I don't know if they need to. Are I we going to get a Chapa and uh, Gargano match at takeover at this point? I, we're, we're still a few weeks out, but I don't know. Is there? I don't is know. There, th- is there enough time left to build to that? Well, here's the thing: Gargano's "quote unquote" out of the company right now, so they'd have to find a way to bring him back in. Right. I've speculated one way to do it is to have Ciampa break down and say, "Fine, you want him back? Let's offer him his contract back, and he can fight me, and I'll kick his ass in front of all of you." That would be one way to do it: to have him finally be the one to say, "Fine, give Johnny his contract back. Let's see what happens." Uh, but. I think that right now, you know, we can we can kind of assume that they might not bring Johnny back. And as I said with NXT, they like to long play things. Let this play out over the entire year and see what happens. And maybe Ciampa has a match with somebody else and a masked wrestler that looks kind of like Johnny Gargano comes out and messes with him during that match. I don't know. Lots of options here. Lots of ways to go. Um, I'm excited to see what they have. What, what's coming with this? Well, next up, we had a women's match featuring Dakota Kai against Lacey Evans, who I've been really high on recently. And if you follow any of her social media stuff like I do, she was putting on an act as if she's going to be the next big contender for the NXT Women's Championship. To be honest, she should be. I she's agree. got she is the total package. She can wrestle. She's got the look. She has she can be a face or a heel, although her heel persona right now is fantastic. Uh, I, I could see her later in this year being a contender, although apparently, according to social media, her daughter does not think so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, her, her, her daughter, when asked uh, if when mommy's going to be uh, the women's champ, she said, never. Oh, <laughs> to her mom's breaking to her mom's face. So even, her mom's got heel heat, even with her own daughter. Damn. Uh, and probably after this match might prove her right, because she got beaten pretty quickly by Dakota Kai in a, in a surprise roll up. Uh, Dakota Kai returning, of course, from kayfabe injury suffered at the hands of Shayna Baszler, who came out after the the very brief match and uh, threatened to beat up Dakota Kai. It looked like she was going to beat her up until Ember Moon came out to get in Shayna's face and challenge her for the women's championship at TakeOver New Orleans. So great little segment, accomplished a lot of things very quickly. Uh, Dakota Kai got hers back by kicking Shayna in the face after the scuffle with her and Ember Moon. Uh, Ember ends up hitting a one-armed uh, eclipse on Shayna at the end of all Show of this. Show off. Yeah. Hey, man, it's it's good physicality. I'm still... Uh, Shayna Baszler, by the way, has been growing in leaps and bounds. At this point, in my opinion, as good as Ronda Rousey's uh, angry face is, Shayna's got the full body like going on. Like Her music hits and the way she walks out, she does look terrifying. Yep. Uh, she has a great presence and intimidation factor. She's been building on that, getting more confident with it. Um, I frankly, at this point, I, I do still like Ember, but I feel like she's a little bit wonky with some of her uh, presentation or physical presentation. Uh, so I'm, I'm all in on Shayna Baszler taking that championship and being a monster heel champion at this point. Next up, we had the second match of the night. There was a lot going on in this. This was this a big episode was a of NXT. Big show. Yeah. Uh, we had another ra- match from the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic uh, Street Profits facing off against my boys. 
Heavy machinery. Characters versus characters. Yes. And yeah. man, I mean, just the entrances alone delivered. <laughs> Before we even got to the match, uh, the, the, the level of sports entertainment that preceded the actual grappling action in this match uh, was fantastic. Even once the match started, we had sports entertainment yes. with, uh, with a little trade-off where, where uh, they tried to get uh, the dozer to drink out of the, 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 the cup. Right. The Street Profits, uh, what, is, what, is, what kind of cup is it? It's like the red, the little red. Uh, I don't know if they can. I think they had to paint them black because they can't use the solo cup because <laughs> well, it's it trademarked. Solo cup. It goes right. better with their look to have it be black. Yeah, that's you know, true. It goes, goes with their costumes. It kind of fits. But uh, yeah, Dozer, Dozer takes a sip out of it, drinks the whole thing, and then crushes Montez Ford into the corner. And the rest of this match was just a lot of fun. Yes. A lot of big dudes hitting each other hard, as you would expect. And Street Profits end up winning. As you would not expect. I did not expect that at all. But at the same time, this is what I like about the tag team division in NXT and, and, and has been for a while where the people you expect to win don't always win. There's a little bit more parity here where the teams feel a little bit more equal and it's just who's better on any given day. But you don't feel like anyone is a terrible team and you don't feel like anyone except for maybe AOP are the big monsters. Right. So... I, this is again. I'm not mad at this booking. I had. I did start out very down on Street Profits. I'll admit it. If you've been listening to our show for a while, or you go back and listen to any of our episodes, I do have some episodes where I kind of crap on them. Uh, I hate to say it. They've gotten over with me. Oh, uh, that's I, cute. Uh, that's adorable, it guys. Helped, it, it helped seeing them live. Yes, yeah, uh, they really are good at hyping a crowd. They're a ton of fun, and they can wrestle. Dear God. The frog splash that Montez, Montez Ford delivered to Dozer at the end of this match was through he was 15 feet in the air. I think he jumped up over a catwalk and came back down. It's a good thing they have high ceilings because <laughs> he can't do that in a bingo hall. All right, so the last big things to wrap up here. Oh, before we move on, uh, Street Profits, speaking of which, have to face AOP in the next round. Oh, is that who they're facing? Yes. <laughs> Oops. They're going through the big boys to get there. Oh, yeah. Next up, we had uh, Pete Dunne facing off against Adam Cole, baby! You know, we were saying for a while that the UK Championship wasn't being defended on a regular basis, and it was kind of disappointing. Now what's disappointing is that he's defending it against non-UK guys. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, Pete Dunne is still a fantastic champion. He's held it for, I think, 240 days now. He's had it forever. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, that's which is kind of a cool... Well, since he won it originally, since the debut of it. Or no, Tyler Bate had it Tyler originally. Tyler Bate had it at first. He and took then it from Tyler Bate. He took Bate. it from Tyler Bate pretty quickly on. Yeah. Uh, in weeks a, in a classic, classic match, by the way. Uh, Bate had it, I think, for about six months. And then and then uh, really? but Dunn took it and has held oh, it since. Okay. But yeah, he had, a, he had a championship match against Adam Cole this week. Uh, which, to be honest, I it ended the way I kind of figured it would. It was a back-and-forth match. Very good match. Some really awesome technical spots, uh, including Adam Cole catching Dunn while he was doing a moonsault with a kick to the head. That While I mean, he was up, upended in the air. He was, yeah, he was vertical, his head facing the floor, <laughs> and he somehow caught his head with a foot. It was great stuff. Uh, some really good back and forth here, but ultimately Dunn looked like he was going to win the match when the rest of Undisputed Era got involved. Bobby Fish, who at the time that this was filmed was not injured, got involved uh, along with Kyle O'Reilly. Started beating down on, on uh, Pete Dunn. Roderick Strong comes out for the save because, uh, as as we know, Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are going to be a tag team in the Dusty Classic. They're going to be the last tag team uh, involved in that. So they're building towards that tag match. I think that was kind of, at the end of the day, the whole purpose of this segment yep. was to show that after their match but uh, for the UK Championship, now Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are on the same page. 
I think that's going to be a great tag team to watch. I, reminiscent in some ways of Finn Balor, Samoa Joe, as the two singles wrestlers who go on to have a monster tag team. Yeah. And at the end of it, Roderick Strong uh, re- extended his hand to shake his hand. Pete Dunne was like, eh, slapped, gave him, a, gave him an attaboy on the shoulder and walked off. Yeah, great, great character work all around. <laughs> uh, Undisputed Era stays looking relatively strong, even though they get chased out of the ring by the other guys. They're supposed to be the kind of cowardly heels. All in all, good segment. Just as what, uh, what we are seeing with Selena Vega and Aleister Black in the final segment of NXT, that was also a good segment. Instead of having uh, Cien Almas come out to sign the contract for the match at TakeOver, Selena Vega comes out solo to sign the, the contract with Aleister Black and basically lays into him right off the bat, just verbally berating him, telling him he's useless, telling him that Cien's going to tear him apart, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Aleister did some things that I felt were in character, and he did some things that I felt shouldn't be a part of his character okay so at first he kind of no sells her insulting him um not really giving her the time of day moves the table out of the way and then sits cross-legged in the middle of the ring as he does uh and then he starts to insult her about her height he says well at least now we're on the same level and let's be clear selena vega is a tiny human being yes uh but after the second or third kind of comedic jab at her height started to go, is this really where Alistair Black should be going, given the character as he presents himself? Like, he's dark and mysterious and very, very serious, but now he's making height jokes. Eh, I like the idea of him having engaging in psychological warfare uh, with her. I didn't entirely like how that played out. I would have rather him made jabs at uh, Cian Almas for he's too chicken shit to actually be here himself and is hiding under your skirt. You know, just stuff like that. Yeah, I, but, I, I like him being psychologically one step ahead of people like his Velveteen Dream uh, angle where he just wasn't giving him the time of day. Right. But, um, you know, because he knew it would get, get him crazy as opposed to him just straight up engaging in this kind of name calling. Yeah, body shaming kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. kind of. Um, that being said, the segment did end on a high note when, uh, uh, she started getting physical with him, tried to, you know, she slapped him. He walked out of the ring and said, you know, I'm kind of glad you came alone because I didn't. And then Mrs. Wrestling shows up. Candice <laughs> LeRae comes out and beats the unholy hell out of Zelina Vega to end the show. Uh, that part was fun. So overall, I wasn't too mad at this bit. Yeah. Just eh, not too, not too big on having this serious Dutch destroyer engage in uh, verbal quips. Not not quite where I think they should go with him. Yeah, I I was also disappointed that he didn't come up out of the 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 rising chair and just walked out out of the, into the smoke. But that's just me being nitpicky. Yeah, I mean, I think I said it to you when we were watching this. His his rising up thing. Uh, I don't think that should be done every time, or it gets old. You know what I mean? You don't want to overexpose it. It's a really cool visual trick to use, but I don't think it should be for every entrance. And I compared it to Rey Mysterio popping up out yeah. of the stage, uh, the way he used to enter. You do it sparingly so that when it happens, it's cool as hell. You know what I mean? Same with the Finn Balor entrance. A lot of the other entrances, Bobby Roode. If you do the full, big, expansive entrances for the big events, that's cool. If you do them every time, it overexposes them. And as it is, some of these big, exotic entrances are getting overexposed by being on TV every week. You know, remember when Nakamura came out and people freaked out and sang a song the entire time? That's cooling off. Bobby Roode, same way. People used to sing his entire song. It's cooling off. 
So I definitely am happy that they're not doing it every time for Alistair Black. Fair point. Fair point. Well, hey, let's head over to the other brand and talk about 205 Live, which has some serious stakes going on right now as we headed into the semifinals for the new Cruiserweight Bracket Championship. Man, can oh we... Oh, my God. Can we state this again? We've been saying it for the last few weeks. Let's say it again. If you're listening to the show right now and you're not watching 205 Live because you think it's the Cruiserweight brand and it's not good and that's what you remember it being, you are wrong. Yep. 205 Live this week gave us, in my opinion, the match of the week for the second week in a row. They are killing it on this brand on every level. The commentary is on point. The overall plots that they're giving for the people even not involved in the tournament are on point. The The future looks bright after the t- tournament's done after WrestleMania. If they keep going in this direction with their presentation, they are going to get over like gangbusters. Drake Maverick is absolutely killing it as the GM. He sat in on commentary this week for one of the first matches, uh, which was Jack Gallagher against uh, some... I don't some know. Jobber it looked like named, Techno Viking. Some it looked like what Techno Viking excretes after eating a bratwurst. <laughs> it was this. It was a jobber who looked like his tattoos were drawn on in Sharpie, uh, named Murphy Myers. He even had, I think, like the Rock Brahma bull tattoo on one arm. Uh, even though he he looked about as far from the Rock as you could possibly get. He looked yeah. like like Dave Finley took a day off from working out. And if you know who <laughs> Dave Finley is, you know how that is. Uh, yeah, but this was. But as you said. Having Drake Maverick on commentary in this Jake, uh, Jack Gallagher versus Murphy Myers match, not only was he putting over Jack Gallagher in a major way, Jack Gallagher's whole physicality has changed. Not only is he not coming out in the in the three-piece British suit anymore with a stupid umbrella, he's coming out just his his presence, his movements, his actions, the way he he conducts himself in the ring. And the storytelling in this match as well makes him feel like a scary killer. You know what I mean? It's it's almost Neville-ish in a, in in a way. Yeah, it is. Um, just without kind of the intense, the uh, brooding, the brooding. Yeah, like like Gollum meets Seth Rollins kind of look <laughs> that ne- that Neville had. Oh, that's good. But uh, but that's the thing. This was a great segment. It put over Jack Gallagher. If this is the kind of thing we can look forward to after the tournament, because this wasn't a tournament match. This was just a one-off match. Uh, th- I mean, they've got they've got the sky is the limit. Yeah. Um, and we- in addition, we had a tag team match between Hideo Tommy and Akira Tozawa and the team of Lindsay Dorado and Grand Metalik, uh, who are now known as, I think, what is it, the Lucha Lunch Party or something like that? Lucha Trace or something like that. Uh, but uh, yeah, because Kalisto's part of it too. Yeah. Uh, Lucha House Party, excuse yeah. me. Um, which, fine, they're, they're awesome. That's three really awesome luchadors. And as we said last week, Shane Helms on, I think it was social media, said he thinks that it would be wise for the 205 Live crew to go for a, a trios division instead of a tag team division. Even though they're still doing tag teams, I think he's right. They need to set it apart from the main roster, give us something different. They definitely have enough talent between current 205 stars and upcoming NXT people. They could totally pull it off. Yeah. Uh, this week, however, it was a tag team match. Fairly entertaining. Um, felt a little pre-show-ish, but you know, everyone here works so well together. Everyone's so incredibly talented. I was entertained by it. Yeah, big um, time. Uh, I mean, just seeing Lindsey Dorado, all the crazy shit he was doing with both Tazawa and Atami. Yeah. Uh, he was all over the place. And the spot maybe of the week was when Grand Matalik reaches in through the ropes and allows Lindsey Dorado to springboard off of his back to the outside of the ring to take out, I believe it was Tazawa. Was it a, It was one of the two. Uh, yeah, I think there. it was Tazawa. Yeah, he was he outside. He must have leapt... 
into the rafters. He was yeah. so high up in the air. Great looking spot. They definitely had some innovative stuff here. Uh, Hideo picks up the win with, I guess, his new finisher, which looks like a swinging neck breaker GTS. Got a cool new move. I don't know if they've banned the GTS from him. Uh, I don't know. But good looking new move. Yeah. Looked fine to me. Uh, hey, what's with that? Um, what, what was Mustafa Ali doing with this edgy emo kind of promo that he did where some creepy thing was walking up from behind him in the shadows? Yeah. Was that Drew Gulak? I don't. I mean, maybe they're going for kind of darker and edgier across the board with 205 Live, which wouldn't be a bad thing. But yeah. they're kind of moving away from the Mustafa Ali is the happy go lucky uh, baby face guy. And now he's doing this kind of dark, I've got a dark history and I had a friend who was bullied as a kid and I did nothing. But next week I face, I face uh, Drew Gulak and he beat up my friend last week. And so now I'm going to do something now because I'm older. But in the meantime, while he's saying this in this dark hallway, there's this dark figure sneaking, sneaking up behind him down the hallway and the dark figure ends up knocking over the camera at the end of it. For, it was weird. We both were sitting there going, what, the, what was that exactly? Yeah. Are, are we, is <laughs> what Mustafa was I supposed Lee, to take away from that? What was I supposed that? to take away from that? It was, it was a bit of a confusing message. Uh, I'm not necessarily mad at it if they pay it off later and we can look back and understand what it was, but it definitely left us with a bit of a confused feeling. Yes, it did. But what did not leave me with a confused feeling was the quote-unquote main event, if you will, which was the first semifinal match of the Cruiserweight Championship, and that was Cedric Alexander versus Roderick Strong. Not quote-unquote main event. This got chants from the audience. This was over with the audience. Like They got them involved. Uh, this was, I think, the most interactive with a 205 Live match the audience has been that I can remember. They, these two guys got that audience hyped with an absolutely spectacular match. Yep. Spectacular, top to bottom. Storytelling, action, moves, incredible. This is what the Cruiserweight division should be about, is matches like this where you combine technicality, high spots, drama, fantastic work all around here. And it finally happened for the first time on 205 Live. For those of you that don't watch NXT, you were treated to the Roboterick Strong oh. video package promo of his trailer park upbringing where his mom shot his dad and all of this bad stuff. and blah, 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 He's got blah. a wife and a kid. Hey, but, man, come on. But... They pulled it off. There we go. He is he's coming around because You're coming around on him is not, what it is. Well, outside of you the are. ring, no, not really. Oh god. They did something they were using the same imagery they've always used in NXT, but this time they had him sitting there dressed up nice with his hair slicked back and kind of telling the story in a more emotive, passionate kind of way. And it delivered. It well done. You know, yeah. I, I give I, credit where credit's due. Yeah. He he's getting better at getting over his underdog story. Uh, and similarly, you know, you've got Cedric Alexander who has an underdog story of his own. This was very much an underdog or a Cinderella versus underdog match as they as they positioned it yeah. very smartly, by the way, because you wanted to cheer for both guys and you wanted both guys to win. And both guys pulled off their big moves and both guys didn't kick out the other guy's move. They had to put their foot on the ropes to get out of it. This was a, this was a fantastically booked match, high drama. And I even liked the finish which was Roderick Strong going for the end of heartbreak backbreaker and Cedric Alexander somehow magically floating out of it, rolling him up really quickly for a quick surprise pin. So quick that both of them came away rolling this at the ring asking, was that three? It was three with a surprise look on their faces. It was fantastic. The audience was on their feet uh, and afterwards were chanting, you deserve it to Cedric Alexander. 
who uh, gave a very emotional promo at the end of it. Yep. And he said, and he countered them the same way AJ Styles did on SmackDown Live by saying, "No, no, no, I earned it." And I would be mad at him for taking that line literally hours after AJ Styles said it, except the way he said it completely sold it as as something almost a little bit different. It's much height more heightened emotion. Um, someone who has just realized that he's earned it as opposed to AJ who's like who's been sitting in it for a while is how his felt. Um, but yeah, and then he you know called out his four-year-old daughter, said she says I'm a superstar every day when she wakes up and kisses me good morning, and I'm gonna go to WrestleMania and and prove her right. And, you know, crying and everything. Great, great stuff. We have been high on Cedric Alexander all year, and we have said he should be in the main event. We have said he should be in the title picture all year long, and they're finally doing it right. They're finally giving our boy a shot, and he is paying dividends. When does, well done. When does Neville come back to challenge him for the inevitable championship that he's getting ready to win in three weeks? Well, let's not get ahead of ourselves because <laughs> the, next, the next match we have, we have to determine if Mustafa Ali or Drew Gulak are going to face him where would WrestleMania. I be if not ahead of myself? Um, <laughs> good point, sir. But here's the thing. I could see either one of these matches. The scuttlebutt I've heard is that it's going to be Ali. That's the scuttlebutt what? that I've heard, which to me is an interesting choice because you'd think it would be face heel, and Gulak is definitely the heel right now. Yeah. Uh, and Ali, for the most part, seems to be the face, unless they're leading up to something with these dark, edgy promos. Now, that just tells me that they're just... If they're going to push Ali, that means they're they're, they're triple-pushing Alexander. Maybe. Because you I, can't push him that hard over Gulak because Gulak's kind of your big your big heel He's right your now. big heel right now. He's kind of doing this monster turn right now where he's just killing dudes. Yep. Here's the thing. I don't care who Cedric Ale- Alexander faces, Gulak or Ali. It's going to be money. Yes. It's going to be a money match either way. And I hope they give it the proper treatment it deserves. Uh, that it has earned, I will say, at WrestleMania, not relegated to some pre-show or anything like that. Right? Absolutely agreed. If it's on the pre-show, I, I'm going to be pissed. Uh, and I, I think at this point, this division has earned some spot, some spot on yep. the main show. Overall, do you think it's been saved? I think it's absolutely been saved. All, all it needs to happen now is people who have to realize it's there. Completely agree. Well, hey, Ian, we're running a little bit long because we had so much big news to announce at the beginning of the show. Uh, let's kind of rapid fire through what else happened around the wide world of wrestling. All right, I'm warming up over here. So we, over the Mixed Match Challenge, we had Charlotte Flair and Bobby Roode against Rusev and Lana. Not surprisingly, Charlotte and Bobby picked up the win here. Of course. Uh, I, I didn't think Rusev and Lana were going to beat them. Uh, that being said... Uh, there is an opportunity for one of the teams that's been eliminated to come back via fan vote next week. Uh, so we will see. And whoever that is needs to face uh, Bobby Roode and Charlotte Flair. Uh, people that could come back, uh, Jimmy Uso and Naomi, Finn Balor and Sasha, Goldust and Mandy Rose, uh, Sami Zayn and Becky Lynch, Biggie and Carmella, Apollo Crews and Nia Jax, Elias and Bailey, or as we know now, Rusev and Lana. And of course, Shinsuke Nakamura and Natalia. So lots of options that could come back next week. And I'm pretty excited about most of them. Yep. So we will see what happens next week. Uh, over in New Japan, we have to talk about the New Japan Cup, which is going on right now, which is a single elimination tournament to determine who gets an opportunity at one of the big three belts. The, uh, the heavyweight, intercontinental, or never openweight belt. So whoever wins all this gets their option of, uh, of champions nice. to challenge. Yeah, kind of a cool, cool little thing to throw in the spring before we get down to some of our bigger events. Uh, and right now, we are down to the, the, almost the end of it. Uh, this next couple of days, we're going to have Zack Sabre Jr. versus Sonata. 
And Juice Robinson, who's having a showing, he's going to face off against Hiroshi Tanahashi. So a couple of matches there where you could see some major upsets. If Juice goes over Tanahashi, man, he's having, I think they're waiting. Like they're like, we are ready to push Juice. It's just a matter of when. Yeah, it's been I a good see eight, him. nine months now since the G1. Yeah. And he's been on a tear since then. He could then. be a dark horse for this. Yeah. I could see him pulling this off and getting a, a shot at Okada. And then have Okada beat him on like a second tier show or something, just as something else for Okada to do. Yeah. Uh, that being said, maybe Zack Saber. I don't know. Sonata just had his shot. Tahana, Tanahashi's the John Cena. You know, we always can expect him to be somewhere in the main event picture. He doesn't have to win this to get that. Well, I noticed you also didn't say anything about Naito. What's going on uh, with Naito? <laughs> Naito girl, is that you? Yes. Uh, is she? Well, he was in some tag team action on this very last show. Uh, and it was Los Ingobernables against Suzuki Gun, and he and Minoru Suzuki got into it. And Ooh. Suzuki at the end got so hot that he put up his Intercontinental belt and said, "Fine, you want me, Naito? Come and get me. I'll put my belt on the line for you." So it looks like we're going to get a Naito Suzuki angle going on, a little program going on there. I'm which hot I'm, about that. I am psyched, psyched, psyched about that. Woo. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye on that. There's a lot of more New Japan coming up in the next couple of months, including Strong Style Evolved here in Long Beach in the next week or two. I'm still trying to get a ticket to that. I want to see it. I, I, I want to see it, if not only because they're going to have Rey Mysterio Jr. versus Jushin Thunder Liger, but, the, I mean, just the whole thing. Yeah. I want to be there. Well, Ring of Honor also had their 16th anniversary show uh, this weekend. So what was that about? That was a good one, too. Yes. It was a good show. Uh, the, they're having the Women of Honor tournament going on right now. Tanil Dashwood, also known as Emma, picking up a win and moving on. My boy, Hiromu Takahashi, picked up a win over Flip Gordon, avenging his recent loss in New Japan. Marty Skrull, the villain. Oh boy, the villain, defeated Punishment Martinez. Uh, he acted like he was going to go to get some of his baby powder out of his bag. Martinez covered his face to not get hit in the face with it. And so Marty kicked him in the balls to win the match. Nice. The rest back was nice. turned. Uh, As Marty Skrull does. Typical villainous tactics. Yes. Uh, Kenny King beat Silas Young for the TV title uh, to retain his TV title, but Austin Aries showed up. Austin Aries, who right now might be holding as much, if not more gold than Ultimo Dragon in 1996. Uh, he's covered in gold right now. He's coming for the TV title now in Ring of Honor. So he's obviously doing pretty well for himself after leaving WWE. Uh, SoCal Uncensored defeated the Hung Bucks for the six-man belts. They had to they had to tie Hangman Page to the ring, to the, to the, uh, to the turnbuckle to do it. But they did it. We got new champions over in the six-man tag belts. Uh, Cody had a match against Matt Taven, uh, and he won after he got kicked in the balls but revealed he was wearing a cup. Uh, so that's, a, that's smart tactics by good yes. old Mr. Cody. Good but defense. Then, but, then, but, then, but then, after the match, as he's celebrating his win, the drug-free bear is standing next to him and reveals to be Kenny Omega, who then beats the crap out of him. Uh, as you would expect, their, their feud sp uh, spilling over from New Japan into Ring of Honor. Brilliant. Uh, the Briscoes, let's see, they got, the, they got their ninth tag belts. They beat Motor City Machine Guns. They're, they are now holding the belts for the ninth time. Damn. And then, as we predicted, Dalton Castle does retain, cements his championship reign after beating Jay Lethal, kind of the recent Mr. Ring of Honor. Right. Uh, so now Dalton Castle established as the guy in Ring of Honor. 
Well, that was a great wrap-up. Hey, some quick news items that we need to go through uh, as quickly as possible here as we end the show. A lightning round. Vader underwent. You remember old Vader? One well, of I remember Vader. Big dudes. One of the best big dudes of all time, the Mastodon. Unfortunately, he underwent uh, some heart surgery. He needed to. He was being told he had two years to live, and he was still wrestling. He's a maniac. Uh, earlier in the show, you mentioned that Roman Reigns was now in the clear on the drug controversy. Yeah, on the so this guy, Richard Rodriguez, had a list of guys that he said he had sold steroids to. And on there, he showed the list online. And he said Roman Reigns was one of them. Well, it turned out it was not Roman Reigns after all. In a, in a swerve that only Vince Russo could have written, it turns out the Reigns he was referring to was Luther Reigns. And, uh, I mean, after all, why would Roman Reigns have Roman Reigns on this as his legal given name? His legal given name is Joe Anoa'i. Why would it? It's, <laughs> the whole thing is stupid. The whole thing was stupid. It's like Daryl the Cat coming out in a lucha mask, you know? It, no, just, that's cool. This is dumb. And yeah, we can now sweep this story under the rug and let Richard Rodriguez go back into the obscurity he came from, forget about it, and move on to bigger things like CM Punk. CM Punk who has announced he's coming back into the UFC after getting his ass whooped in the last time his, he had a match. This time he's coming back for UFC 225. It'll be on June 9th in Chicago, in his hometown oh, shit. of Chicago. So apparently, he not only, not only does he want to come back and his ass kicked, he wants to do it in front of a hometown crowd. Oh, he's all in. He's all in on this. Uh, so this is interesting. We just, we just don't know who he's facing yet. There's some rumors out there. Well, first of all, I really couldn't care less, if I'm being honest. But <laughs> I, I've heard that Mick Maynard is going to be his opponent. He's been rumored. He's he's saying by not saying that he's going to be the opponent. He apparently like he was asked about it and gave like the old wink, like I can't really say anything, you know. So yeah. that's that is the he's the front runner right now. Uh, I can't really say Mick Maynard does not have the best record either, so I can't really say that he would be a bad opponent for CM Punk, but. Punk needs this win. If he if he loses this, he is 100% done, and he's going to have to come crawling back to WWE. Although, with his ego, I don't even know if he'll do that. Yeah, no. So, I don't know. I don't know what to hope for here. Yeah. Um, that being said, something I know to hope for, because it's going to happen, is uh, at the Impact versus Lucha Underground WrestleCon match on WrestleMania weekend, a match has been added. After the recent controversy when Sammy Callahan hit Eddie Edwards in the face with a baseball bat, legit, on an episode of Impact TV, Oops. they have booked an I Quit match at WrestleCon. Oh, what brilliantly, just brilliantly booking. Oh, it's steer, so good. Steer the ship into the heat, ladies and gentlemen. That is how wrestling works. If you get legit heat for something you've done, steer the ship into it. It makes you paychecks. Uh, so that's smart on their part. Also, in upcoming news, on the Supercard of Honor, I believe also on WrestleMania weekend, booked for the Ring of Honor belt, our boy Marty Skrull will be taking on Dalton Castle. That'll be another big good match. What? It's going to be a weekend. That whole weekend. I don't know what I'm going to do except for watch wrestling, watch wrestling, and oh, yeah, watch wrestling. I, I'm just, we're, okay. It, that is going to be a weekend. First of all, who's booking this stuff the same weekend as WrestleMania? Everyone who wants to make that, money. That's kind of like just, m p putting a movie out the same weekend that a Star Wars movie is going to come out. What are you m thinking? I, it's, it's, everyone's wanting to watch wrestling that oh, weekend. It's, okay. You know, no one's, no one's doing it right opposite of WrestleMania, I don't think. I mean, the. 
maybe one of the, in one of the weeks coming up, leading up to WrestleMania, I'll go over all the things that are happening because it is a long, long list Damn. of things happening that weekend. And I haven't, I haven't even, I haven't even started touching on it yet. <laughs> uh, one more thing we need to touch on before we go, and that is that WWE has announced there will be a. 50-man, 5-0, Royal Rumble to happen in Saudi Arabia. That's all the information we have right now. We don't know if this will be a mixed match. We don't know if this is just 50 people, 50 men, um, although I assume because it's Saudi Arabia, probably. Yes. Um, but I, we don't know if this is going to be within kayfabe, if it'll be shown on the network, or if this is just going to be one of those things where they're just trying to uh, expand the product into a new market. It's the new India. It's it's the 2018 version of India last year. Right? No, I think I think they're doing it at the same time. But the bottom line is, it's a, it's going to be it's going to happen in the next couple of months, and it's a, that's the biggest rumble of all time up until now. I think 40 is. How do you top. put 50 people in one ring? I don't think you do. I think you book it so it moves and moves through. I think it's doable. I just think it's kind of crazy. Well, guys, that's been our monster show for this week. Hope you enjoyed that. If you didn't get a chance to catch our recap, we did post it earlier this week of Fastlane, uh, everything that went down and how things are going to lead into some of the stuff you heard this week on SmackDown and going forward into WrestleMania. You can find that and many other episodes over at orbitaljigsaw.com. Uh, come join us in on Facebook in the Busted Wide Open discussion group. Uh, we post all of our stuff there, some fun news articles, fun memes, all kinds of good stuff. And if if you want to support this show, you can head over to orbitaljigsaw.com slash store, pick up a t-shirt, coffee mug, phone case, some sweet swag to rock to support your favorite show, Busted Wide Open. And also, don't forget, we're on Spotify now. Yes! We are now on Spotify. We're part of that cool kids club. We, <laughs> but we're also part of the club that has their podcast on your podcast app of choice, whether that's iTunes or anything for Android. Feel free to go out and give us a review. Give us five stars. Give us some feedback. Let us know what you think of the show, any ways you think we can improve and make our show better for you guys. Also, join us over on Twitter at BWO Podcast. We do do some live tweeting of stuff. We're definitely going to be doing it for WrestleMania coming up very soon. But I'm Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But by God! Would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.